Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me today for Mind Your Own Karma. I had told you that for the month of February, I was going to try and get some different styles of love and um, different kinds of relationships on here. And I was able to find Christina Stephenson. And she was willing to come on and talk about um, a relationship that she had with her now ex-husband that went in a polyamorous direction. Now, keep in mind, this is her personal story. This is not how all polyamorous relationships go. I'm sure some were success are successful. Hers, unfortunately, was not. And this is just um, her story. But it is very interesting to delve into that and... Um, just ask some questions and find out more about what that kind of relationship looks like. So let me tell you a little bit more about Christina. She is a health coach for working women. Christina helps women feel less stressed, more confident, and eagerly inspired in their kitchen and with their kids through food trainings, on-air coaching calls, and expert interviews. She wants you to learn how to master your confidence, self-esteem, and knowledge in the kitchen, improve your relationship with food and your kids, Transform your health and shine like a disco ball while mommying. Originally from upstate New York, she now lives in Georgia with her husband and three shin kickers ages five to nine. When she's not in her kitchen, you can find Christina on her bicycle, inside her hula hoop, or on her kid's pogo stick, trying not to bounce herself into a tree. And yes, we start talking, um, we start out talking about polyamorous relationships and end up talking about hula hoops. So it's a very interesting conversation that goes in a lot of different directions, and we cover quite a bit in this interview. We had a lot of fun. You're going to hear a lot of laughing, and no, we were not drinking during this episode. And also, as a little side note, and there's Tomlin, you are going to hear my dogs in the background. You are going to hear her kids in the background. None of that was paranormal. <laughs> so I just want to let you guys know that all the sounds that you're hearing in the background those were real and really did happen during the recording. So sit back and relax and listen to my interview with Christina. So you said you were in a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you now, it didn't end well. It did not I end know. well. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you're not disaster. with the same person. <laughs> no, I'm with the new guy who's way better. Awesome. And he's down here in the kitchen because the kids have off from school. So, of course, they were upstairs. And as soon as I started the meeting, they're down here, of course. So let me guess. It was the guy's idea yes! to do this. <laughs> yes, it was my ex's idea. And he, okay, was, so you he were was married. working on me for years. I was. I was. Okay. To one so, of these. <laughs> and it, and for, for my listeners, I just did the L yeah, on my forehead. Yeah, the L to the forehead. So <laughs> how did you guys meet? And it. You had no clue beforehand. No, we met in a very sordid way. It was so shameful. Um, okay, so my ex and I met at a swing dancing place where we used to swing dance. And my girlfriend came to visit me one time. She she was living about two hours away. And she and this, this so I was friends with him already, but there was no romance involved. She developed a crush on him. He developed a crush on her. And so they decided they were going to date. And so she had to go back home and she said, would you mind keeping an eye on him? I'm away. I'm like, sure, no problem. And, you know, he was fine and, and faithful during that time. And then we all got together one day uh, for, it was over Thanksgiving break and we all visited her. So I was, I drove with him to her house and we all had this, you know, Thanksgiving celebration. It was just after college days. So within five years of graduating college, so we were in our maybe mid twenties. 
Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do a three thing. Ah. Okay. Which neither I nor she wanted to do, but right. at the time I felt pressured to do it. So it was never anything, you know, all the clothes were on and it was just, you know, kissing yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course I felt very uncomfortable. She felt very uncomfortable. And really that was the end of our relationship. And this was a, a girlfriend that I'd had With for a girlfriend. About, yeah, for three years. So that oh. ruined it. So that was the first sign that I ignored, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> first one that I ignored. Oh, so then we ended up um, getting together and I was never attracted to him physically, but sometimes, and I've noticed this with women, they have such low self-esteem. Yes. Me included. Me too. <laughs> okay. That I settled for the first one who was nice to me, who paid me any attention, right? This was not somebody that I wanted to have in my, I guess, um, my wheelhouse, as they say, a boyfriend. But because I had no self-confidence or self-esteem, I really just was a dented can. And I was, my vibration was so low. And so was his that we just kind of joined forces, right? Right. So anyway, I got together with him and, and we were... We were together as a couple and we were together for four years before we got married. And when we got married, it was so stupid. It was in the car and he's like, Hey, you know, it's like a Geico commercial. Shall we get married for the insurance? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so there's really no, there was no ring, no proposal, no romance, no nothing. And, um, it was a convenience. It was a convenience. And I said, sure. Okay. And so we got married and, you know, it was, it was a party in his sister's backyard. It was pretty, you know, not, not a big, not a big deal, but it was pretty. Now, when you guys were dating, he didn't bring that up again. He did. He actually did. did. Okay. So yeah, let me go back there. So he brought up the open marriage thing and I had no idea what it was. And he said, um, well, I think it'd be a good idea if we tried it. You know, I want to have this three way Mm -hmm. relationship with somebody else. I'm like, no, that doesn't feel comfortable. I don't want to do it. Yeah. But he was relentless in his pursuit of me um, doing this. And, and and the really messed up thing was, Melissa, that he wanted me to recruit people uh-huh. when I didn't want to. He wanted me. He's like, well, can't you ask your friend? Because can't he wants another like, female. Yeah, because in his mind, if he went to ask somebody, he, it would be a very big turnoff for the woman receiving this. And so he felt like I had more, I don't know, clout. Or, um, you know, I was more approachable than he was because yes. they would think that he was a sleaze bag if he approached But he was off. never interested in having another man in the relationship. Just no, female. no. Yeah. And neither was I, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. You know. And so because, you know, I was in this stage of my life where I'm like, well, I don't know. Let me let me do some research. OK. Plus, there was a thing going on where the people pleasing thing in the relationship, the no boundaries, the not wanting to rock the boat, the wanting to be a good whatever partner or wife. I can't remember when this was. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe wanting to try something out that I didn't try out before to see if I did like it or not. Even right. though deep down inside, you know, it doesn't feel good. It mm-hmm. does not. It does not. Yeah. I was ignoring all of those 100 zillion signs that I was getting. So I did some research first. <clears throat> And he was listening to a podcast. This was going back. Yeah. Okay. This was like, um, we are in maybe 2000, mid 2000s. Okay. Okay. So maybe 2005, between 2004 and 2007, around there. So this okay. is going way back. 
and he was listening to a podcast and he told me to listen to it. And I said, okay, I did listen to a few. Still wasn't convinced. So I bought some books about it, believe it or not. And I forget what one of the books was, but there was one that was quite funny that I still have and still enjoy. It's called The Ethical Slut. And I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but it's, an it's, an it's really, it's, it's not what it, what it, the title yeah, seems it like it is. It's, it's basically about, you know, a woman having um, self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence and not being ashamed okay. of, of pretty much dating. I think, you know, I read it 20 years ago. I'm not sure. What was it called again? <laughs> the Ethical Slut. <laughs> It was quite fascinating. Okay. It was quite fascinating. <clears throat> so I read some books and then there was a, there was one incident where, um, we had some people over the night before for a little party and it was a, a girl and she ended up staying the night on the couch. She came into our bedroom the next morning and it started off as where she was at the foot of our bed and, you know, rubbing his leg. Um, and then it turned into, her giving him a mm. um, oral yeah pleasure okay mm -hmm. and I was watching and it was so highly uncomfortable for me oh, it was yeah, really I can't imagine it, it was not it was I not a good imagine. experience but you know what I didn't say anything because I thought well this is the first time I'm doing this I didn't listen to my gut I was trying to be the good wifey poo right so he must have said something how did she even know that was going to be okay <laughs> You know, I don't know. Wow. Okay. So he, he, you're right. He must have said something to her on the sly when I wasn't hearing anything, because why would she come, just come into the room and do that? Yeah. So he probably said that. And I didn't realize it until now, which is what, almost what, 20 years later. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Almost 15 years later. So yeah, you're probably right. So that was the first incident. And, you know, I didn't complain about it. I didn't say never again. I didn't say don't do this again. I just said, I was shocked. Um, I was shocked and I just let it. What do they say? Water on a goose's back, on a mm -hmm, duck's back, mm -hmm. just let it slide. I'm like, okay. Um, yeah. But I knew it didn't feel well. So later on, after we were married, um, I wasn't, I became more and more unhappy with this man because I wasn't really getting what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted was to feel cherished, loved, and adored. Yeah. And so the prospect, should. right, right. Every woman should in the marriage. And, um, you know, there should be. And, and a man should feel respected, yes. loved, and cherished as well, yes. right? It should be two-way street. So that I was going on um, in my marriage, I was becoming increasingly unhappy. And at the time, we moved from New York State to Northern Virginia, where I got a job. And there was a whole bunch of stuff going on, you know. He he never had a job, so I was a breadwinner. Wow. He was dyslexic, but used that as a humongous, humongous crutch, humongous crutch. So I, he was using that as some kind of crutch. And you know, I can't get a job because I'm dyslexic. And I'm like, I know a lot of people who are dyslexic can't get a job. Yeah. Um, so we moved to DC, well, the DC area, and you know, it's super expensive there. Mm -hmm. And he needed to work, but he wasn't working. And uh, I was working for the federal government. So I was pulling in a decent wage, but it wasn't enough to support two of us. And we bought this big, massive house and we were, we were way out of our, over our head. We were, yeah. we were drowning right in debt. And and there was all these things becoming, I was becoming increasingly unhappy. And so the prospect of having a different relationship in an open marriage was getting to be more and more, uh, I guess, appetizing, mm. or it was getting to be more and more uh, 
just beneficial. I was thinking, okay, well, if I'm not getting what I need here, maybe I can get it out there. Um, it was a total mistake to to believe that I would get what I really wanted out here instead of in here. Right. So I engaged in an open relationship with two extracurricular people. And the deal with open marriage is that it's basically uh, everybody knows it's a cheating, but everybody knows about it. Right. And, you know, not to knock it, if, if you're in an open marriage, you know, more power to you, whatever blows your hair back. I'm not here to shame anybody who's in so an open marriage. So you were having a separate relationship with two other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, so and he wasn't he, involved and, in those. Nope. Okay. No, nope. that was where, you know, I went my way. Yes. You know, first I tried with one person, did not work. And then I went to this other person, did not work. And he was having his own thing on the side. Yeah. And he but was having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody knew about yes. it. And the reason why it didn't work for me is because I was not feeling cherished, loved, and adored. Yeah. No matter where I went. So there wasn't the jealousy there, it sounds like. No, I, I was never, you, um, I was not jealous. Yeah. You him. never sounded like you never really had that intimate relationship where you would have that jealousy. No. And that was the key with my husband. Now that would not fly. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Because I'm invested in him and you know, I have my yeah. heart is with his heart. Yes. And if he decided to do that, it would be over. Because right. that, that's not yeah, where I no, am. I, get, I couldn't do it either. No. But with him, I don't know. He was just not really what I wanted in, after all. Yeah. Um, and so I was trying to find a relationship to be cherished, loved, and adored with these yes. two ex- extracurricular mm-hmm. people. And it was not happening. And it was making me feel worse. And my self-esteem was getting lower. My self-confidence was getting lower. And the whole, my, my vibration, the whole thing was just turning into... Uh, disaster upon disaster, mm. emotionally, spiritually, everything. Yeah. And during this time, because we moved, um, it was kind of stressful. So I just, I started to practice yoga. I dabbled in it a little bit in college, but never really a big thing. But I started to go to yoga because I had no friends. I needed something to do. Um, and that was something that was calling to me. Mm-hmm. So during the course of of this yoga that I was, that I was um, taking, it was three years, right? Yoga changed my life. It really taught me to realize what my self-worth was, the awareness of, of what I was putting into my life in terms of food, in terms of relationships, in terms of jobs, in terms of fun, in terms of, um, you know, finances, yeah, everything put it into perspective. Yeah, and and it gave me a clue. And I realized going to yoga made me realize that this marriage was really not healthy for me anymore. Toxic, yeah. Oh, so, I mean, understatement of the year, it was bad. Um, and so I decided to get a divorce. It gave me, yoga gave me the courage to get a divorce. And, and how was he with that? Oh, terrible. He strung really? me along for two years. Wow. He did not want to get a divorce. He, at the end, he um, wanted me to pay him alimony. <laughs> right? Who who does that? So basically, he wanted you around because you were paying the bills yes. and making it easy for him to do what he yes. wanted to do. Yeah. And I was writing checks because, oh, dyslexia, I can't write. You know, he couldn't read the, but he could read the signs on the highway. He could yeah. read menus in yeah. the restaurant. Right. Right. So he strung me out for, for two years. It cost me, I had to pay for his lawyer. The whole, we didn't have any kids, Melissa. Thank 
Oh God. my God. Thank God. I'm going to drop the big G word here. Thank God. Yes. Okay. Um, and I, uh, he wanted me to pay his lawyer fees, 30 grand. Right. I was, I was, you know, just on my own at this point. And what I thought was this, if I were in prison and somebody said to me, if you could pay $30,000 and get out of prison, would you do it? My answer would be yes. And so that's what I did. (laughs) So, so I'm like, fine, let me pay $30,000. I didn't have it all at once. Of course I had to string it, you know, as I got paid, but I paid it off all by myself. And it was what really one of the worst summers I've ever had because I remember he had such a hold on me and I, I felt so lost with him. And I was in, I was still in Virginia and he had moved back to New York. Right. Um, and I did it over the phone because I knew that it just wouldn't be good if I told him, um, that I wanted to do, yeah, face to face. So he, so the, the plan, so I, I created this plan on the side and the plan was that we would go back to New York. And he would find a job there because he had this menial security job there. Not that that's a menial job, but it was something right. that he could do. He tried to walk dogs in Virginia. He failed. Oh my goodness. Okay. There's really not a really a lot of reading in walking dogs. Yeah. And so he just yeah. didn't want to do it. So he went back to New York, got his job back. And I said, okay, well, let me go back to Virginia. And then, you know, we'll just, you earn money there. I'll earn money here. And then we'll meet in the middle. But my whole plan was not to do that. My whole plan was to separate, right? Right. Because I couldn't do it with him there. I was afraid. I don't think I was afraid that he would hurt me, but I was afraid of the emotional battery that he would Mm -hmm, do. mm -hmm. Because I, after all was said and done, I realized that I was a victim of of his. And I didn't have the strength to to defend myself emotionally against all, all of the uh, verbal and emotional abuse. Right. So, uh, he, he, he went to New York and I was back in Virginia and then I was telling my friends that I I need to get a divorce. And I had my friends coming out of the woodwork to come visit me. And I remember my one girlfriend came to visit me and I was at this, our dining room table. And it was the day where I was going to tell him, I'm not paying for your credit card anymore. Nice. Okay. And if you can believe, were you scared? I was, I was terrified. I was shaking. I had to psych myself up for hours. My, girl, my girlfriend, you're, you're, had, you're telling my story. Well, oh my God. Except without she, the Polly's part, but yeah. But she had to um, sit next to me and literally she held my hand while I was shaking. I had to write some things down so that I would remember what to say. Yep. And, you know, I made the phone call. And as soon as I said, I'm not paying this anymore, it was, you know, yelling and screaming and blah, 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 blah. I had to hang up on him, but it was done, right? I took my name off, opened my own. Yep. Then I had another friend come and it was, you know, the same thing, you know, I said, so then I said, you know, getting divorced, it's the whole thing. Then I had my, my sister came and a whole bunch of people came and then he had to come and collect the furniture. Right. So this was the time where we had to move out of the house because I couldn't afford to pay it. And I moved out of the house uh, and and went to, I think, I, I don't know where I went, but I was gone for the day. I was at a combination neighbor's library, wherever, wherever I was. And I came home and it was like, he was the Grinch. He took everything. I had two brooms, took the two brooms. He took the towels. He, um, he had oh a broken God. dresser and my dresser was not broken, but he switched the drawers in it. So it would look like mine wasn't the broken dresser. <laughs> oh my God. I was left with an empty house, which really I didn't mind because right. 
you know, it was mostly his stuff and I wanted to clean, but I remember going to Target to buy some towels and I stood there crying for, for 30 minutes because I didn't know what my favorite color was. Oh my I was God. that lost, right? Wow. So, um, anyway, it turned out okay in the end. I paid him $30,000 and, and, you know, he's living his miserable life wherever he is. And of course I got remarried and and had three kids with a very super duper wonderful man who I adore. But yeah, the, the open marriage thing was quite, you know, it really taught me what I needed to know to be in a relationship because it was, it was having these, these, these empty and they were sexual relationships. Um, and they didn't make me feel cherished, loved, and adored because finding, of people. Yes, no, because the people I was having them with was like, "Are you sure this is okay?" <laughs> yeah. And they they were not believing. Like, does he know? I'm like, yeah, he knows it's okay. And they were having kind of a hard time with it, yeah. which I understand. Which so I were understand. they in relationships or no? No, no, oh, okay. they were they were single. Okay. So when you guys decided to do this, it sounds like you d- didn't. Cause I was doing some research and it's like, sometimes you have to sit down and like talk about what the boundaries are, but I didn't sound like there was oh, any of that. I don't really remember a conversation of boundaries because I did so much. I'd done so much research on it and that I thought, you know, I knew what I was doing. I read some books, he had the podcast. And so um there was really no boundary setting. It yeah. was. I think that's more for relationships where they do kind of have some kind of intimacy. And I don't know how you do that. Like we were just saying, like with your husband, it would not be okay. No, you know, to do that because you do have that connection, but there's some people that have that connection and they can still be poly, I guess, but that's where the boundaries come in, I guess, because you're, you do care about that person. And yeah, especially if you, no, especially I think if you are engaging in intimacy with a different, with a couple okay who who knew who know about it mm-hmm. so if you're going to do that then then my guess is that you have a sit down with all four people and yeah. you discuss what what's appropriate what's not what's what's feasible what's not um, yeah. so what's you guys didn't know not. like who each other were seeing well we, we did tell each other oh okay we did tell each other that i, I guess that was something that we agreed upon uh-huh um but he obviously didn't have any jealousy or anything either? No, because he wasn't invested. He in wanted me to either. do what, yeah. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, the obviously the underlying thing is what you said in the beginning. And I was the same way. That low self esteem is so important, you know, and I don't know how, how to, I don't know if there's anything anyone could have done for me to change that. Like my, it's not something my parents put on me or anybody did. Um, I put it on me, I guess. So, but I don't know. What do you think about how can we change that in young women? Like, I don't know. Uh, you need to fall in love with yourself. Yeah. First. And yeah. I didn't know what that meant until I was in this rock bottom place. Yeah. And the thing you need to do is you need to do things that you love to do. For me, that was yoga and swimming. For other people, it's crochet or um, photography. You know, for other women, it's running or um, stained glass painting. Yeah. 
You yeah. really have to figure out what works for you. And, and it might take you a few times, you know, because, you know, I tried to run, I tried to go to the gym, I tried to, you know, row on the machine and that didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about yoga is if you're interested in that, it allows you some quiet time to really process yeah. a, a lot of, um, I, I like to call it greasy buildup <laughs> inside <laughs> your soul. Right. Right. And it really, um, rewires your nervous system and your brain with the breath. One of the other ultimate things about yoga is that if you are in a, in a pose on your mat and it's really, 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 really tough and you're having all these thoughts like, Oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? I can't do it. I hate mm. the teacher. I hate myself. Why can't I do this? Right. All these thoughts. <laughs> then in five breaths, you're moving on to the next. And so how that translates into real life is if you're in a position in your life where it's really hard, really uncomfortable, you're hating yourself, you're hating the people around you, you're hating your environment or where you live, just know it's not going to last forever. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and the awareness of how yoga taught me to be, you know, and I tell you, I was aware of what I was eating. I never became a vegetarian. Let me tell you something. I was aware of what I put into my mouth. Mm. And that got me started on, okay, let me eat some really nutritious food here. Yeah. And then the thing is, it was, you know, I lost 25 pounds, which was great too. So that was the physical benefit of it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what will happen is when a woman loses weight, that's attached to her self-esteem and self-worth so many times, right? Yes. So when that started to happen, you know, and I can't remember what happened first, the physical transformation or the internal. The internal right. was definitely longer, I have to say. It was definitely a longer time of me mm. doing yoga like two to three times a week. Plus, I volunteered at the studio one day a week. Mm. And I would clean mats. Like, I would do service. Yeah, okay. I, I would spray mats with a cleaner, and then I would sweep the floor. I would rearrange the blocks. I would rearrange the uh, blankets. And a big deal is that, uh, or the big deal about yoga is that you serve other people. You serve yourself by serving other people. I had this really nice compliment because I thought, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to do this for the studio, but I really wasn't feeling the return. Like, okay, you know, they say it's supposed to be good, but I'm not really understanding how it is. Yeah. I'll tell you what happened. I got wind uh, somewhere down the line where this um, yoga instructor that I respected, you know, she saw me in the hallway and she's like, Christina, do you fold the blankets on Friday night? and rearrange the blocks on Friday night. I said, yeah, I do. She's like, I can't tell you how much this means to me because on Monday morning, she's the first one in. She's like, all the blankets are folded nice and neat. You have no idea how many people don't fold the blankets the right way. And she said, this makes my life and my job um, and my day so much brighter. And I'm like, oh, so that's what that means. Yeah. Wow. Right. So, so right there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually making somebody's life better by folding blankets the right way, you know? Right. So, so that, so that was an internal thing and it just kind of stacked one on top of the other. Mm-hmm. And that's really when I started to fall in love with myself. That's when I started to change my vibration, my, my outlook on life, um, my boundaries, you know, what I wanted to attract in my life, what kind of yes. people, how I wanted to be. And my life really changed from there because I realized you know, I don't have to please people. Right. I can, you know, draw back. So there's this other story, right? Having to do with yoga. So it was after we got divorced and I was in the dating game, right? I'd really never dated my whole life. I was always this nerd geeky. I mean, I really never did. Right. Never did. So how old were you when you started dating? Oh, (laughs) in my thirties. 
I was 41, girl. <laughs> See, it's all good. And I had this girlfriend. She was kind of like my coach. She's like, okay, she would set me up with these, with these guys. And she's like, all you need to do is go on dates. She said, that doesn't mean you have to kiss them. It doesn't mean you have to all go to bed to with do. them. All you have to do is go on dates and you tell them how, how it feels good to get treated like a lady. Mm. Right. When they open, let them open the door for you. Let them yes. pay for your dinner. Let them, um, you know, take you. To, to a show if they, if they, right? Allow. And this is really, really when I started to learn how to be a woman. It sounds so super uh, crazy. Like I was, I was born a girl, right? I haven't, I have a, I have the chills ex, right now. <laughs> right. Right. But I never knew how to be a girl. I never knew how to accept a compliment because I would always shush, you know, yeah. oh, no, this old thing or thanks, but you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, right. no, especially, you know, when a man pays you a compliment, it's real. He's not going to make it up. Yes. So when he pays you a compliment and you poo poo it or you ignore it or you don't say thank you, it doesn't make him feel like a success. Yes. And he wants to feel like your hero mm-hmm. because when he feels like your hero, he will move mountains for you. Yeah. Yep. So there was one time where my friend um, put me on, on a date with this, this one guy and he wanted to take me to his cabin in the woods, <laughs> right? For an overnight. Well, I didn't really want to go to bed with him. So when we were discussing, when we were discussing, you know, he was telling me, I want to take you here, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Hey, that's great. I just want to let you know, I won't be having any Nothing. sex with you. Um, and if that affects your trip, then tell me now. And then we don't have to arrange it. He's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Let's just go. Let's just go. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> and I never would have done that. Right. Before, before my ex-husband, and it was such a tremendous feeling and it wasn't like I was trying to be a tease. You know? Did he, um, respect that boundary? Oh, he did. He was, he was quite a gentleman. He was quite a gentleman. And we had a great time. Good. We had a great time. And then I went on a few other dates where, you know, somebody took me out to dinner, drove me around in the car and, and that was it. And I didn't really feel like I needed to, um, do anything other than thank you. I gave him a kiss on the cheek, Mm -hmm. gave him a hug and that was it. Yeah. And, you know, talking about dating, one more thing. I used to be afraid you know, to do this. This is not something that came naturally to me. So for practice <laughs> to make eye contact and to smile at men, this is so funny. I used to get dressed up really nice, you know, make me feel like I was uh, feminine mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, beautiful. And I used to go into Home Depot with no intention of buying anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just um, make eye contact with the men who worked there and say, Hey, <laughs> I just keep on walking. To build my confidence. And, and I'd be so terrified. I'd be like, hey, and then I would run right out of there. You know, and I think I maybe did it two or three times. And then I think by the third time, I would say, hey, you know, just go down each other. Now they get to, have, now they know who you are. And I would have one of that lady again. <laughs> but I was such a great confidence filter because there was no obligation. All I had to do was make eye contact and say hello. And then I was out. <laughs> It was so funny, <laughs> but it was, it was not one thing, but yoga was really the catalyst. And then it turned into, you know, one thing set off another, one thing yes. set off another where this sounds right. And now the thing when about you start it is walking in the right direction. It's amazing. <laughs> all the doors that open, the people you meet, just mm-hmm. the things that just, cause you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. How am I going to do that? You know? And mm-hmm. you just like, just keep going and you keep it going. Just, yeah. It just all falls into place. When you're going in the right directions, it does. And, you know, I've fallen off the wagon too. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say, you know, 
paint a picture where it's like that now, you know, now I am married and I am a mother. And of course my identity has been lost again and I'm trying to find it. So it's it's hard in different stages of your life, no matter if you're single or married or divorced or have kids or, or you're sharing custody or something. It's, it's definitely a work in progress. Exactly. Yeah. You always have to look in that mirror and say, do I know that person? (laughs) Where'd they go? You know, it's important because like we're saying, like raising up kids with some self-esteem, we need to give them that authenticity in ourselves and allow them to be authentic also, you know, and I think that's part of and being mindful and teaching a meditation and teaching them that they have a voice and check in with yourself. How did that feel? Did that not feel very good? Why? Let's analyze it, you know, and just, I think kids need to learn how to navigate that and that they do, their feelings do matter. They're important. They are important. And as a mom, sometimes I forget because I'm so used to barking orders. Yeah. You know, I bark orders and I bark orders and I bark orders. And well, no, for no, me, no, no, my no. kids, we were um, very much Christian and into the church and my kids went to school there and I allowed them to tell me how to raise my kids. And I regret that so much, so much. I mean, some of the stuff they told us to do was, I, I feel horrible about it now. It, it was abusive. So mentally and physically both. And if I could go back and do it all over again, I would do it so much different, so much different. That's a hard place to hold right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Parenting's tough. It's never too late is one of my favorite phases. Yeah. Yeah. Never too late for anything. I've I've lived in a bunch of regret for the last 10 years. Well, I I think my kids... My kids saw me when they were growing up. That wasn't me. I wasn't being authentic to myself. So the person that I was showing them was not me. And then you get to that point where you can't do it anymore. I can't do this anymore. I literally felt like I was dying physically, mentally, everything. And if I didn't start changing right in that moment, I was going to die. That's really how I felt. And so I, you know, got a divorce started working on me doing all that stuff. Well, then my kids were like, who are, who's this lady? You're not my, you know what I mean? Like I had showed them somebody totally different. So that wasn't fair to them either, you know? So now I'm living authentically and I have to give them that space to come to terms with that. This is who I am. I accept you, you know, and they have to learn that hopefully to accept me and how I am, but I showed them totally a different person growing up. So I have to give them that space. I like what you said before about you got to, you got to a wall pretty much. You didn't say wall, but you got to this point at which you had to change or die. Like you said. Yeah. And I've also gotten to that point. And I think a lot of moms and people and women get to that point. Yeah. And, you know, you say that your kids never knew you or or you were a different person back then. 
and now, and so I'm going through the same change myself. You know, I keep, I've been saying since this, and my change occurred during Christmas time, things are changing around here. And, you know, it's a cliche statement, but it's happened and things are nice. changing around here. And nice. my kids are like, what's going on, mommy? I'm yeah. like, remember I said things are changing around here? Well, things are changing around here. And it's going to start with this, that, and the other thing. And you're going to make your bed and mommy's going to clean the toilets every day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is, this is, who yeah. this is who I am blossoming into. But that's good to show point. kids too, is they're going to evolve too. Yeah. you know, different times in their lives. They're going to want to make changes and that's okay. It's totally okay. It's okay. And sometimes um, what I've discovered is that I didn't really know that all the strife was going on inside mm. until until something happened. And I don't know if this happened to you either. You know, I didn't know what was wrong until, you know, I got this outside source telling me, Hey, yes. what you're doing is not okay. Right. You know, it was actually my parents bringing something up where I yelled at my child one day at the dinner table and my mother's like, mm, this is, this is not who you are. Mm. This is really not okay. And what's really going on here? Yeah, That's not who you want to be. <clears throat> right. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I didn't know this was going on. And it was misplaced anger. Yeah mostly towards my boundaries that I haven't been able to right. set and fulfill. Yes. And I didn't even know this existed until my mother, you know, brought it up in, in a loving way of yeah, tough love, nice. they say. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was quite an amazing thing. And, you know, now that, that I've had, and I actually uh, had to talk to my husband about it. <laughs> we, we went on a walk. And we had, we had, uh, they call it a coming to Jesus yes. moment down south. <laughs> right? And we had our coming to Jesus walk for 90 minutes. And it was tough and it was scary because I was saying all these things that I had harbored inside. And right. meanwhile, you know, we were always telling each other, let's not harbor resentments because that's how this got us in trouble in the first place. Mm. And I honestly, Melissa didn't know that I, that I had all these things inside, all these resentments. I just thought, well, let me just not. You know, I'm the peacemaker. Let me not assert or 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 make known what I want or need. And yeah. that was huge deal. And I was doing that for 10 years. Yeah, I think a lot of times we keep going because we think, oh, this is just a season. It's going to change. It'll change. It'll change. And you're so busy and the days and the weeks and the months go by and it doesn't change because, you know, what you don't change, you choose, you know, you choose it. So you, I, that was me anyway. Mm -hmm. I kept waiting for it to get better, waiting yeah. for it to get better. <laughs> and, and I didn't, I didn't get know better. why. No. And, no, I and you don't realize why. it. That's, that's the scary thing. Like it creeps up on you. Like the yeah. shadow always behind you, you know, like yeah. when you turn, you can't see it. When you yeah. turn, you can't see it, but you can feel something's there. Yeah. Yeah. And then for some, and then miraculously the light, you know, it brought out, it brought it out into the light and I was able to see it. I'm like, Oh, yeah. okay. Well now I can change. Yeah. But the, but the point, but the realization of it was the scary part because you just kind of bury it. And like you said, the days go by and you bury it and you're waiting for other things to happen. Like, why is this not working? Why do I feel like such a failure? Yeah, why, why am, am I, I angry? So why am I angry? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a really great revelation and, and, and it worked out okay. You know, my husband and I, he was, our communication got bumped up a notch and it's yeah. still hard because I'm still trying to, test out this new way of communicating mm -hmm. because I'll get angry on the inside and then I'll just swallow it. Yeah. 
but I, but I can't. And so I got to find a, you know, a compassionate way of telling that's, this isn't working. Yeah. Right. This isn't working and and I need something else to happen. Right. Yeah. And tried this. Yeah. Not working. What are we going to do now? I always tell my boyfriend when we're having a, you know, we're, I don't like to say arguing, but we're having a disagreement. I always say, look, here's the line. Here's the thing that we're trying to fix. You're not on that side and I'm on this side and somebody has to win. We're both on the same side looking at the problem and how are we going to fix it? It's we. How are we going to fix it? Because I always look at myself first and say, what part did I have in it before I'm going to point a finger at you? You know, I'm always looking, looking at myself. So this is the problem. How are, what are we going to do to fix it? Not I like your the fault, visual. my fault, you know. I like the visual of it because that helps to, to solidify that you are a team. Mm-hmm. That's a really good way to visualize it. Yeah. Yeah. You're a team. He always, that's what he always says to me. We're a team, we're a team. So yeah, I think a lot of people get on the defense right away because they think you're going to start firing off. You did that and that was your, you know, part in it or whatever. And I think if both people are willing to be like, well, I did that and that well, I did that too. So what are we going to do? You know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to do. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to do. Cause I mean, you know, we've all been in relationships where things trigger us and like, sometimes something will trigger him. And I'm like, why did you just like go off? You know, like, but it was because of something that happened has nothing to do with me, you know, and I'm sure I do the same. So that's why I would say, you got to look in the mirror first and analyze it. Ask yourself some hard questions before you go pointing fingers. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but but worth it in the end. Yeah. Well, it's always a work in progress. Like I said, (sighs) especially with kids, it's always evolving, even with their stages of life. And I was an older mama. I started at 39, then 40, and then 43. Okay. So they're pretty. um, They're young. Young. Yeah. Actually, the first time we were in the store, and this is the first time this has happened, even though I've been joking about it for years, some lady said, oh, you're taking your your granddaughter out? (laughs) Great. I'm I'm 48, and she's nine. I'm like, well, you know, I am an older mama, but she's still my daughter. (laughs) I bet she died. No, she didn't. I think she was, maybe she was embarrassed on the inside. Maybe not. I don't know. She didn't show She didn't show, but now I'm messing with my nine-year-old. You know, I'm kind of hunched over playing the granny and talking like a granny. Of course, she she laughs, but. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I just didn't know it would be now. <laughs> I thought I had to high school. <laughs> oh, my God. Hilarious. Oh, man. So you do you teach yoga? No, I wanted to for a long time, but I teach hula hooping instead. <laughs> Dang, that's certified. Fun. Really? Certified. Like, can yes. you do all the like more than one hula hoop type of? Um, sometimes it depends on the thing. I could do. That you know, is so I could cool. Start, start from my thighs and go up to my neck. <laughs> oh my god, that's so I could cool! Do, I have a few tricks in my back pocket, but nothing extraordinary. <laughs> That's cool. I don't think I can hoop anymore. <laughs> you can if you have the right hoop. That's what I say. Oh. The, ones, the ones you get from Walmart or Target, no, no, not good. You got to have the professional hoop. 
You need to have bigger. <laughs> the bigger the hoop, the easier it is. That's and adults get tricked. I am a little try- bigger than I was when I was a kid. <laughs> well, no, because they try to do it with their kids' hoops, and their kids' hoops are tiny, and they're yeah. made for little bodies. But I was adults- like, I used to be able to do this. I can't do yeah. it. You just need an adult size hoop. That's it. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be discouraged. I know. I think I'm gonna. To, I'm gonna look into that. Sounds fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's a workout. I love it. It's, sure. it's workout. Yeah. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. my workout is get my tambourine out and start. I love that too. To music. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's a spiritual workout right there. <laughs> yep. That brings up the vibes. My neighbors think I'm crazy. <laughs> well, good. Keep it that way. <laughs> Keeps them out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh my gosh. I am so glad that you came on and I, to be open about that. I mean, I couldn't probably do it, but I really appreciate it. And then I'm glad we went off into a whole different subject because it does tie in and I don't know. It's so important that I still haven't really figured out how, what, what a good way to help girls in particular, like with their self-esteem and at that age, I don't know if it's just a phase, but then you end up making huge mistakes and I mean, I did the same thing with the low self-esteem and thinking this is all I was going to get and I better take it while it's there. And not that my ex was a bad guy. He wasn't. He just wasn't right for me, you know? And so I was married like 22 years and just hoping that it would turn around. (laughs) But you know what? I'm, he's happy. I'm happy. And it was for the best for both of us. So. You bring up a good point about the self-esteem. I don't have any answers except to get them into some kind of activities that yeah, promote something self-esteem. they're good, good at or something. Um, but even then, you know, I was oh, I was into ballet for ten years, and that still really didn't help. So I, I don't know. I think it's maybe the the path that you're supposed to take. I guess maybe. I don't know what it yeah, is. I, maybe you know, I don't know what it is about girls and the the fact that we need we think we need to settle. For the first one who comes around. Yeah. And the whole dating thing, you know, I, I believe them brains are different, the guy brain and the girl brain and guys do dating so well. Girls, we don't. We think that if we go on a date with somebody, then they're the boyfriend, but it's really not, you know, just no. have a good time, girls. Just yeah. you know, date with yeah. no expectation. You don't have to strip your clothing. You don't yeah. have to perform any type of sexual act. Watch for the red flags. Mm-hmm. We just don't. Right. I don't know. We just, I don't know what we, we just overlook all that stuff we for do. some reason. I try to teach my daughter now when you're in a relationship, no matter if it's a friendship or an intimate yes. one, especially now when you're little, you know, if it doesn't feel good, then you don't need Listen to be to friends yourself. with that person. So yeah. I've been trying to tell her that because I had never That's had good. that. My mother never told me that because I don't That's really think good. she knew that. Yeah. I don't think they did. I mean, I didn't until I was 41. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, and I'm still learning that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, things come up and you don't want to just cut people off right away. I mean, people make mistakes, too. So it's a it's hard to navigate. It's hard to navigate that. But you can always look back and be like you said, there's that red flag. <laughs> there's like 10 red flags. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> Maybe I was colorblind during that time. I don't know. <laughs> All it does is if it feels good, keep it moving. If it doesn't, then do something different. Really? Yeah. That's like the short answer to life. Yes. (laughs) 
That is true. God, if it was that easy. If it was that easy, you know, we would all be shining on. Right? They just have a red light, green light, like to help me out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> help me out. Right. That'd be great. I'm not very fumbling around. You know, I was talking to somebody else about that because I believe I believe in reincarnation. And so like before we come back, we kind of say, well, I want to learn these lessons and stuff. And so like you're all you're clear in your head and then you come here and you're like, what was I supposed to do again? I know. I forgot what I was supposed to do. I forgot. I got a memory like a goldfish. Being a mom just definitely doesn't help with that. It looks yeah. so easy over there. Now I'm here. I know. Oh, I'm this, like, this is a bright and shiny thing. I forgot well, that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Oh. Anyway, need, you know, cool people like you along the way, which helps. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> yes. Helps a lot. Yeah. I'm so glad I met you. I'm so glad, so glad we finally got to connect. I know. I was like, oh, we're never here. This is like our schedules yeah. are too crazy. I know it was like that, for but then a it was bit. just like, bam. So it was meant to be. I really thank you for that. Yeah. I enjoyed myself so Good. much on here. Thank you for the, thank you for having me speak about it. You know, yeah. in, in, um, once you get, once you get it out into the open, the shame dissipates. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I was able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can help other people, that's my jam. <laughs> right. Hey, learn from this. <laughs> Don't do that. Right. <laughs> Don't do what I do. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast today. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a rating or a comment. It would help get the word out about this podcast and reach more people. You can click the subscribe tab to get notified of future episodes so you won't miss a thing. You can also find my Instagram and Facebook links below if you would like to follow me there as well. If you would like to send me a message, have an idea for an upcoming episode, or even think you or someone you know might be a great guest on the podcast, you can email me at mindyourownkarma at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.